Okay, welcome back to Remember the Texans. It's your host, Nick Skirfield. Very, very special uh, guest, co-host with us this week, in addition to our producer, Noah Outlaw, who will be sitting down with us in a minute, I think. Uh, we have the one and only Houston Texans legend, Earl Mitchell. How you doing, Earl? Doing good. Doing real good. Man, a very recognizable voice if you've ever heard Earl speak. <laughs> Uh, he was just telling me that he may have recorded a voiceover of some kind for the Texans over the weekend, but a uh, nice baritone, <laughs> deep voice. Um, Earl was a 10-year uh, NFL veteran, uh, played North Shore High School here in Houston, Texas, on some all-time great team state champions, right? Yes, sir. How many? 2003, I think they're, I think they're on their uh, fifth, sixth one now. I don't, I don't even know. I can't keep up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the team you're on is considered one of the greatest of all time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very first one. And, uh, yeah, those guys were some outstanding athletes. I, I know, uh, we have a, we actually have that, that 20th anniversary coming up and I know those guys, the guys that actually played on that team are really excited to, you know, for that, for that event coming up. Yeah. And, uh, Earl played his college football at Arizona, third round pick of the hometown Houston Texans, Back in 2010, and then when the NFL for uh, parts of the next 10 seasons, the Texans from 2010 to 13, Miami Dolphins from 2014 to 16, San Francisco 49ers 2017 and 18, and then the Seattle Seahawks and 49ers, I believe, in the playoffs in, in 2019 mm -hmm. uh, in the Super Bowl as well. So you played with J.J. Watt, who was just inducted in the Texans Ring of Honor yesterday. You played with D'Amico Ryans, who's now the Texans head coach yeah. here in Houston, and you also played for D'Amico Ryans when you were in San Francisco. So mm -hmm. uh, you've got all the perspective, man. Yeah, man. Um, I was actually almost done playing ball when I was, uh, you know, finishing up in Miami. But you know, uh, when Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch called me and they were like, "Hey, we want you to talk to D'Amico," and I was like, "Only, only know one D'Amico." And uh, just knowing that he was going to be coaching there, that was his first opportunity. Uh, Jeff Scanina was there. And um, basically everybody that was from Houston from my, my initial years in the league were now in San Fran. I was like, this would be a great way to finish. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, number 92 when you were with the Texans, right? Defensive tackle. Yep. Uh, played on some great teams there. I've got my – Bulls on parade, yes, throwback shirt on here, and that's I, classic. Man, I feel like we might have to read through these names on the back of here before this thing is done. But that was a defense that you were a big part of, Earl, back in the day, and I know it brings back memories for me when I think about those days. Oh man, yeah, watching, uh, yeah, being in the middle between Antonio Smith and JJ, and you know, letting those guys wreak havoc, and you know, me and Sean Cody, we we're just, you know, we we're just trying to hold the fort down, and and just like you know, just man the middle, and you know, we were, you know, we were. I honored to be a part you know, part of that defense. Wade Phillips, he came in and did his thing, man. So it was cool. Yeah, that was uh, you know one of the best defenses the Texans have ever had, and defense that really uh, set the league on on fire. I think in those years, and you know I'm, we just had arguably one of the best days uh, at NRG Stadium. You know, in Houston Texans history. I mean, it was definitely a momentous day. JJ Watt getting inducted into the Ring of Honor it coincided with. Legends Homecoming Weekend, which you were you were a part of, um, and I think there were ninety plus alumni from the Texans, including yourself, who were there. And the Texans, by the way, beat the Steelers thirty to six. Mm -hmm. You know, D'Amico Ryan's is thirty nine years old. I thought it was a really cool moment with him and Mike Tomlin after the game, embracing a midfield. You think of another young coach, and D'Amico now is on his way. I mean, the way he's been coaching so far, um, 
and not to mention uh, as a, as a Houstonian uh, and you being a lifelong Houstonian, the Houston Astros won the American league West yesterday. So everything was turning up Houston, man. It's a a great weekend, man. I'm, I'm proud of everybody that's been, you know, that's been, you know, just showing up, like, like you said, like with it being a legends weekend, I saw a lot of guys from, you know, my years there. I saw Joel Dreesen and Owen Daniels and um you know david anderson and it was just you know everybody and hearing the crowd it was very reminiscent of those years because mm-hmm. uh it, it has had been rough but literally like just hearing the, the crowd just it, it kind of gave me chills just made me feel like it was you know 2012 again it's interesting because you know playing the steelers yesterday and i and i worked for the team from 2007 to 13 and had the had the pleasure of being there with you for several of those years uh, I can remember recording some quality on the nose content <laughs> with you and Sean Cody, the fellow nose tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember in 2011, I think it was, it was a game against the Steelers that you guys came out I th- maybe like 17 to six or it was some kind of, whatever it was, it was a dominant game. I remember Arian Foster had a big day and that's where I felt like the Texans really asserted themselves. Uh, and then flash forward to yesterday, you know, it's the big ring of honor game. It's the most anticipated game of the year for that reason alone. But that stadium was packed. You had a lot of Steelers fans with their terrible towels. Mm-hmm. And the Texans just came out and whooped them, man. Yeah, man. They showed up, man. And you could see, like, you know, energy reminiscent of those times. And, and um, you know, watching, you know, C.J. Stroud, you know, Will Anderson Jr. on, on defense step up and – you know, and really uh, establish an identity. You know, I, mm-hmm. I really want them to do well as much as you know any fan. I, I feel like I'm, you know, becoming a, a fan of the game. It was it was hard as a player to kind of like transition into that mode, but you know they're making it easy. You know, to you know to to love the game outside of being a player. Yeah, you know, I I was sitting down in the bullpen. Uh, I bought some tickets pretty close to the front row because uh, I wanted to be up close to see the whole ceremony. I wasn't on the field like you, you know, but, <laughs> uh, but I wanted to, I wanted to see that ceremony and, you know, kind of be in the middle of all that. And as soon as the game ended, the season ticket holder named Scott, who was sitting next to me, uh, section 116, <laughs> he said, hey, you know, that was the first game that we've won here since December, 2021. <laughs> and I had to, I was like, are you sure about that? And I, had to, I had to look and like, I couldn't believe that, man. I mean, Obviously, that means they didn't win a single game at home all of last season. But those wins for the Texans in general have been few and far between and really hard to come by. And I definitely feel it as, you know, as a fan of the team as well. Just you can feel the excitement back a little bit, right? And that's and that's kind of a tribute to your fandom, because like when you ride for a team, you just kind of like, dang. We didn't we didn't pull through again. You know, but like, you know, it doesn't dawn on you like, dang. We, we had one since 2021. Wait a minute. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, I just uh, – I heard that too, and I, I got that same reaction. I was like, I didn't realize it was that bad. But mm-hmm. but now that I think about it, yeah. Man, and, uh, you know, the day – obviously the Legends Homecoming Weekend, you were telling me a little bit about it. You guys have stuff Friday night, right? You had a sneaker ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday you got something going on. So It's a whole weekend. So tell us about these uh, shoes that you got down here. I don't know if we can oh, see yeah. these on the camera. But... I don't even know, man. Am I flexible enough to show these? <laughs> but, uh... Earl's pulling up his, his sneakers for those of you who are listening. But... <laughs> yeah, these are cool, man. Um, 
But uh, yeah, shout out to Candace Mayberry. She really uh, stepped up. She uh, and she always tries to, uh, you know, uh, one up herself every single year with the Texans legends. And um, you know, shout out to her team with Brett Stewart and Gavin Cup and you know the rest of the crew. But uh, she does an amazing job of like you know making sure that the legends who do come back want to continue to come back. And um, you know, and just uh, you know, for you know, for for us to just you know receive like you know great gifts and. Yeah, she uh, she 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 makes us feel special and makes us uh, feel very much part of the the Texans team and yeah so yeah shout out to Candace. So for for people that obviously you know weren't able to be at these things, um, can you take us through the some of the stuff with JJ Watt, which you know obviously very special uh, for the Texans organization, for Texans fans. You know he was the third person inducted in the Ring of Honor after Andre Johnson and then uh, the late Bob McNair, mm-hmm. uh, of course, the, the founding owner of the team. Um, but Saturday night, you guys – or you had some stuff going on Saturday before the big game on Sunday, right? Yeah, so, um, yeah, right downtown near Discovery Green, we were, we were at the Grove where um, – you know, um, you know, JJ. He, you know, he was able to come and you know greet, you know, greet the the, the VIPs, the fans, and that's where I saw a lot of the, you know, the, the players from my year, Antonio Smith, and and uh, yeah, they they gave uh, JJ Watts baby a uh, you know ring of honor jacket. I thought that was pretty cute, <laughs> and but um. But um, uh, but overall, I think uh, yeah, that's where we also had our uh, our sneakers ball where we wore suits and sneakers. We all competed against each other, and um, yeah, that that was Candace again. Um, we also uh, we did the 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 official wall of honor. I believe it's on the second level in the in the stadium, uh, where you know they they have everything on display for you know um, uh, Bob McNair's jacket. Andre Johnson's jerseys, gloves, and same with JJ. And it's just cool to see that, like, th- that team's so young that by the time I get old, like, I, I will have played the, the initial or and have known Bob McNair. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really cool. Yeah, all three of those guys, you know, so far, of course. And uh, who were who some of the other guys? You mentioned Antonio Smith, uh-huh. the ninja assassin. Yes. One of the greatest uh, sack celebrations I think I've ever, I've I, ever seen. The greatest sack <laughs> celebration, man. Yeah, it was cool. I haven't seen Antonio. We uh, Last time I saw him, he was playing with the Raiders. Um, we were in London. And um, that was uh, just – it was just weird to see him in a different uniform. Um, I believe Matt Schaub was there too. Hmm. But, um, but man, it was uh, so good to just reconnect and just catch up and just see what they're up to. Antonio, he has long hair now. Uh, I don't know if you knew that. I didn't realize that. No. Yeah. But, yeah, man. I saw a picture cool. of him and Sean Cody from down on the field. But, mm-hmm. uh, another another uh, another guy, a friend of ours. But, man, it was uh, – that was crazy for me because they announced it was like 90 plus, um, f- you know, former Texans players who were there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you guys are all on the field as JJ comes out. So so Sunday, you know, the, the Ring of Honor induction, um, you guys are sitting in suites, right, in the stadium. Mm-hmm. And then at halftime. So uh, take me through that a little bit of what, what that experience is like for you. Uh, it's, it's cool. Like that's where that's actually where I got to actually see everybody officially. I saw I saw Sean, <laughs> Sean Cody, and um, and um, I got to see who actually all, all was uh, you know who all came through. So that's where I saw you know Tim Jameson and you know Antonio and David Hunter and um, oh David the, Hunter, wow. yeah, a lot of a lot of these guys I haven't seen in years, and and just um, yeah, it just kind of brought that 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 
that silly camaraderie, especially when he brings puts Sean on camera and he's he's like shaking the J- thank you JJ Watt poster. And what did what did you say? He he said something pretty funny about you guys. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. He was yeah. He was like, thank you JJ. You made you made our careers. Without you, we'd have no career. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Sean. That yeah, like Sean. classic Sean. I mean, you guys were pretty decent players in your own right. I would say, you know. Yeah, man. Now it was a great playing with uh playing with JJ. But you know, every time you made a play, it's like uh, that's the benefit of having a guy like JJ Watt around. <laughs> it's like, hey, yeah, I practice too, man. <laughs> Especially as a nose tackle, you know, a defensive tackle. I'm sure you got a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and I saw, like, I think he said David Anderson there, Owen Dan. Joel Dreesen was a guy I hadn't seen in yeah. forever. I love seeing him on the big screen. I couldn't wait to – yeah, I went straight to him, and I was like, man, you were always one of my favorite players. And uh, our, that year, we – you know, I believe, yeah, 2012, I was I always felt like he came clutch third down for us, man. So mm-hmm. that was just, like, my opportunity to just, like, tell him how much I appreciate him as a teammate, as, as a player. He was one of my favorite players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of my favorite moments um, sitting in the crowd of – that whole Ring of Honor ceremony. I mean, it was aside from everything with JJ, because you know JJ obviously, you know, singular talent and did so much for for Houston with Hurricane Harvey and and beyond that. But I loved it when uh, I think it was Mark Vandermeer uh, introduced Andre Johnson sitting there. And man, the stadium went nuts. Crazy. Like that. That was that was. Uh, you guys are icons, man. These are legends. I, I was a uh, Andre always brings up. You, you mentioned earlier that I was, uh, you know, part of that North Shore State Championship team, and that was 2003. I was a sophomore in high school, and uh, Andre was dra- drafted in 2003, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, he would. When I first came into the locker room, Dre comes up to me and he's like, uh, he's like, you, you played at North Shore, right? He was like. I came to watch y'all state championship game. Wow. He was like, that tells you how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> but man, that was just, I was just, I thought that was crazy because, yeah, I was a sophomore on that team and he was with the Texans at the time. And I've always respected him. I was a big fan of him and Mario Williams. Yeah. And just to be able to like see those guys, like I was, I was jumping up and down on the sideline like, like I was a fan too, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen it from the beginning. Yeah, another uh, another great deep voice guy, Andre Johnson as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. You guys could like record an album or something, man. I think. <laughs> you know, Mark Vandermeer. When I went to Miami, it was like this running joke. Like every time that I would speak, they would start playing Barry White music like faintly in the background, and I was like, oh. I was like, Mark done got to the Miami <laughs> locker room, the Miami media too. <laughs> I love it, man. I did not know that about you. Um, that's pretty. That's pretty great. So, um, you know, talking a little bit about about JJ Watt. Um, you know, obviously yesterday a special day to see him get inducted. Um, you know, ton of '99 jerseys out in the crowd. The cheerleaders in Toro had the '99 jersey on. Mm-hmm. But you, you played next to him. You know, yeah. you were drafted in the third round in 2010 mm-hmm. he came in the next year what are some of your memories of him you know as a player hard worker man like he was he he was the epitome of hard work and you know there's uh, some guys who you see and they just have this that natural talent natural ability and it's just a matter of just you know putting them at the right spot but jj was somebody who um who wanted to outwork everybody and show that he was well deserving of that that first round pick and um and i just we would uh we had this little little you know at the end of the year we would throw a party and um you know and depending on the the games if you make mistakes you know fines would accumulate you know if you miss a tackle just 10 bucks you know stuff like Mm -hmm. that but uh we would always um 
um, run at after the ball at practice. Um, no matter where it was, it would be on the sideline, 10 yards, like my shot would throw it out of bounds. We're sprinting to it. We're getting everybody out the way. And the the, the scooping, the, you had to scoop the ball, that was five bucks. So, like, you might be hundreds of dollars in the hole, but those five dollars would add up. And me, JJ, Antonio, Tim Jameson, Jared Crick, we're all just sprinting, trying to, like, scoop that ball for five dollars. Oh, man. And, yeah, that's, that's, and, but JJ would win most of the time. And, <laughs> Sometimes we would sprint really hard, and Cushion would just pick up the ball like last minute and, and really ruin it for us. So yeah. I remember that. It sounds like something Cush might do, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are there any specific moments or plays about JJ that stand out to you, you know, when you think back on your time with him? Man, I, I think in, like anybody else, that, that pick six, that playoff game, that, that was kind of like the I'm here, you know, we're here. Mm-hmm. And – that was a you know a big moment for him because I know like when he first came in as a rookie, you know he uh, you know he had, he he just kind of had this moment where you knew he had he he would just kind of he, he got really quiet didn't really talk to anyone for a while and then uh, he just locked in and man he just just really just just turned it up for us man so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah he's always been impressive but that play against the Bengals when he scored that touchdown. Yeah, well, and another guy you played with and, and something I really wanted to talk with you about, of course, was the current head coach of the Houston Texans, D'Amico Ryans, and he came in 2006, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and was defensive rookie of the year, team captain, um, and he was there uh, through, I think, part of the 2012 season, um, you know, and you were there through 2010 to 13, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I want to hear about your perspective on him as a coach, for sure, mm-hmm. but first first as a player, as a, as a teammate, um, what do you remember about D'Amico from those days? Um, you know, very smart and very uh, just. He was like a cheat code out there. He, um, I remember my rookie year where we were playing. We played the Colts first game of the season, and and they weren't a very they weren't a power old team. And I just remember D'Amico was yelling power like he knew it was coming. And I'm a rookie, and I'm thinking like, nah. And then, and then and then they end up running power and uh and after that I just completely listened to everything D'Amico was saying out there because uh wow. he was yeah he it was like he knew everything that was about to happen and it was that was Peyton awesome. Manning on the Colts at that point yep mm-hmm. so it's like it's almost like you had a Peyton Manning on the defense a little bit right yeah he would he would he lined us up he would move us uh, if he had to um yeah sometimes there would be uh you know plays where he would align me and places where I didn't line up at practice all weekend and uh, but it was because he saw something and he he always had us in the right spot so mm-hmm. I'm excited for the Texans now and I know and I knew he was going to do well as a coach yeah well and so many people just over the years have referred to him as cap right mm-hmm. captain um can you uh talk about his leadership you know yeah man I think uh just his ability to kind of you know get guys to root for him is that's what sets him apart, and uh, and he was and, and it wasn't like he wasn't like a you know stiff like he was he was always like he was fun to be around. Um, one of my favorite this is this is off topic, but my one of my favorite <laughs> we encourage uh, that here. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> well, one of my favorite uh, moments was when uh, that Slim Thug song came out, Houston Texans, home by the text, and. I guess D'Amico wasn't in the video. <laughs> and, I, and I remember Dwayne Brown and Arian. I think Kush was in the video, Kush too. Kush was yeah, in it. Yeah. But I remember they were playing in the locker room, and D'Amico was like, 
that song is it's all right. <laughs> but it was only because he wasn't in the video and oh, everybody man. knew it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Were you, were you in the video? No, of course not. <laughs> I was too young. We got to recut another video, man, yeah. with you guys in there. Um, yeah, I mean, especially as a rookie, I would think, too, having a guy like that, you know, had to had to be helpful, right? Even though you're playing different positions, but he's lining up right behind you, right? Yeah, I was I was new to playing nose guard. I had I was very new to playing D line still. Um, that's something that a lot of fans like didn't know or understand. But I was uh, I was I, I played three technique my last two years of college. Um, I was playing tight end. Um, yeah, you were you were playing. You were like the James Casey role, like you said, right? Like an H back where. Mm -hmm. You even played some wide receiver when you were in yeah. college. Yeah, we were. I'm yeah, trying they, to picture, they, you know, they, Big Earl. <laughs> well, I was I was much slimmer back then, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, before uh, Rob Gronkowski came to Arizona, I was the tight end there, and um, I was a uh, basic. And then we changed to to a spread offense by the time um, Rob's third year, I believe, mm -hmm. and, and there was much wasn't much for a motion fullback. We didn't use utilize a fullback a lot. Um, another fun fact is me and Brooks Reed, we were competing for the fullback job. Uh, we both came in initially um, before he um, got switched over to defense, but we were competing for the fullback job. Uh, shout out to our guy Brooks, man. Yeah, man, he's I, a man. People used to always uh, confuse him with Clay Matthews. I remember early in his career, but mm -hmm. <laughs> the long blonde hair, you know, mm -hmm. the, the Thor-like uh, hair. But yeah, good friend of uh, of ours and you know, a guy who also. Uh, had a really nice run with the Texans yeah. too, and, and he's not a bad guy to be compared to. Uh, yeah. yeah, Brooks, and, and he was much like a raw athlete like myself. But um, but when I had uh, got to the NFL, um, playing defensive tackle was very new to me. Still, I had so much to learn from Antonio and Sean Cody and Amobi um, from everyone, and um, it was uh, definitely a, a learning curve, but. Yeah, I had some great, great guys that helped me out. <laughs> yeah, what what are some of your favorite memories, just as a player, you know, with the team back in those days? Some of my favorite memories, um, one, I, just for me playing next to Mario. Um, I don't know why, but well, I do know why. But I used to always bother Mario, um, and I would come up to him and I would be like, uh, I, I would say that it's the here's the draft, and it was 2006, 2008, 2006, Matt, uh, no, Reggie Bush or Vince Young. <laughs> they go, Mario Williams. And my high school was going crazy. Who was this guy? Who was that guy? <laughs> but I was like, I had your back, man. I had your back. And so that was like my rookie year. I was like always bothering him. And then many years later when he signed to uh, Miami, yeah, uh, he as soon as he walked in the locker room, I just pointed at him. I was like, 2006. <laughs> Gave him the whole story again. I love it. But yeah, that was that was cool. That was kind of like my like, wow, like I'm playing next to guys that I was just kind of sitting watching on TV, you know, at the at the draft and rooting for and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, and getting to play for your hometown team. Right. Of course. Of course. What, what was that like for you? Because I, I can remember on draft day. I mean, you know, there's seven rounds of the draft every year. Right. And uh, it's not very often when, you know, you get a guy with a high draft pick who's also, you know, born and raised in. And for you, you were actually around, you know, when the Texans were established as a franchise, at least mm -hmm. in 2002, right, when the team started. So, yeah, yeah. what what did that mean to you to be able to play for the hometown team? Yeah, it meant a lot. I, was, I, I wasn't sure where I was going to go draft-wise. I didn't have uh, any um, inclination of any 
uh, spot that I was going to go because uh, because of my um, my my journey in college. I played mm -hmm. so many different positions. Mm -hmm. um, I did well at D tackle, but it was a matter of um, how did teams view me? Did I was was I a third round pick? Was I a seventh round pick? And and um and I and at, by the time the draft started, I still had no idea. But I had a list of guys that potentially were going to go ahead of me, and I didn't want to. I didn't because I didn't want to throw a draft party <laughs> and not get drafted. I heard so many horror stories about guys doing that. So uh, by the time I went through the second round, I had a lot of those guys scratched off who I had an idea who would go before me, and that's when I started calling family like, "Hey, I might I might get drafted, son." Hmm. And then uh, um, then Rick Smith called me. I got that seven one three number, and my family saw the Texans logo on this screen, and the house, the the roof just flew off the lid, man. And everybody was so happy. It was cool, cool moment. Yeah. Did did you have a chance to have a lot of your family and friends come to games throughout your time playing? Yeah, um, I probably I got a lot of ticker requests. Oh yeah, rookie year, I was excited. I was like bringing everybody. You know, I was like, please come. And then by my second year, my phone was upside down. <laughs> I was like, well, after I saw those like game checks, because you know, people don't realize we got to pay for those tickets. Yeah, and, yeah. Especially that, when that, the that team's good, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it added up over time. So yeah, after, yeah. After a while, it's like uh, I tried different tactics. I was like, all right, I had people scheduled for certain games, but then that didn't work, and then. I was like, all right, I, I had my four, <laughs> my mom, my sister, uh, every, like, and you know, and two extra whoever they wanted to bring. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. and you're still in Houston now, right? So, yeah, still, still here in Houston, born and raised here. Uh, it made it, it made sense to to come back when I was done playing. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I um, a couple more things I want to ask you about, uh, including your one of your favorite, my favorite nicknames of anybody that I know. But mm -hmm. we'll we'll get into that in a second. Um. Getting back to D'Amico Ryan's a little bit, though, um, you know, I think it's just so unique, the fact you not only played with him, but then you you played on a defense where he was a coach. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he was hired in 2017 as a, a defensive quality control coach with the 49ers. You mentioned a lot of Texans, former Texans uh, people on staff there, including Kyle Shanahan, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, he was promoted to inside linebackers coach in 2018 and defense coordinator in 2021. But um what do you remember about him? What were your first impressions of him? You know, when you saw him as a coach, you knew him as a player, mm -hmm. as a man, and all that. But uh, what do you remember about him as a coach back then? Just the same energy. He the same um, effort that he brought on the field as a player was the same energy and effort that he brings as a coach. That that he was the, the guy that I see on the field is the guy that I saw always in the locker room guys to kind of he it was always he was always on 24 7 making sure that um he was a guy that people can uh just yeah uh, approach him easily um have a good conversation with um you know he'll he'll tell you what you can do better and he was like that as a player hmm. um because we, we called him cap and yeah he was yeah somebody that everybody respects and appreciate so he and and i i see i saw it with san francisco with those young guys fred warner um and um drake greenlaw and his his crew there and now he's doing the same exact thing um and i'll just the only advice i gave to the the rookies when i've met with them is just please 
listen to what he says because uh, it could really you know benefit your career. Mm. You met with the Texans rookies. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Yeah, it was cool. I, I, they had us meet at Puttery, and uh, that was different because I, I I don't remember like getting the chance to like uh, hang out with the vets or retired Texans then. Right. Now. But like now we have enough years where we have like established veterans to come in, uh, retired established veterans to come and talk to these rookies. And that's cool. That's cool. Cause, um, um, I know that they're, that I'm sure they're eager about the game in all facets. Like what's life like, um, you know, for you now. And we didn't, I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure guys that came from other teams probably did, but, but, um, that was the only knock that I feel like we didn't have a, a really good, strong relationship with, uh, you know, former players. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guys like you getting really involved, I think is, is, is really cool to see. Um, what are your, you know, impressions of the team of the young talent and of, you know, the, the pieces that they're putting in place right now? Honestly, kind of reminiscent of my first year in San Francisco. Um, when, when John Lynch and Kyle, they they first came there on the scene uh we basically they kind of cleaned house and we had a lot of new guys a lot of new faces and um and it was it was rough uh, to mesh and but i mean and we didn't win a lot of games initially but it was it was always promise and two years later they end up in the super bowl Mm. and um you know obviously that's um that's the goal that everybody wants to reach but that I, I see the same vision, you know, for the Texans where it's, you know, D'Amico first, uh, his first job, his, you know, his first opportunity and, um, you know, and you got to go through those humps. Yeah. I mean, I was watching the game on Sunday and looking at like, damn, like Steven Nelson, really nice interception. Jimmy Ward made a play in the backfield and he's celebrating former 49er mm-hmm. you know will anderson had a i think a fumble return for a touchdown they got called back there were like three touchdowns called back in the game but <laughs> whatever uh but you know like uh nico collins man that was a huge game and then tank dell is a rookie who's making plays uh, robert woods usc guy so of mm-hmm. course i'm you know pre predisposed to thinking he's gonna be great but he's he's been a solid player for a long time and he's making plays you know the tight ends i mean devin singletary i think threw a touchdown pass yesterday i mean there's there's a lot of, of pieces out there, you know, and you can really start to see mm-hmm. some exciting talent on this team, I think, man. And that's what you want, you know. I, I like uh, I like just seeing the guys mesh, and I like them. Um, you know, when you have a guy like D'Amico, he's a guy you want to play for, a guy you want to play hard for, and, and uh, man, it, they're, and they're all young, so it's, it's yeah, just cool to see the potential. Yeah. All right, I got, I got to ask you about your nickname, uh, EMFM or Earl motherfucking Mitchell. <laughs> I didn't know we can cuss on here. Yeah, we can cuss on here. And by the I would, way, I uh, cussing the entire time. Yeah, well, we, we still got a few minutes, man. No, so you can, um, but and by the way, since Earl mentioned that, I totally forgot to say at the top of the show, uh, you can find us on Apollo HOU on YouTube, uh, and we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. So, you know, like, subscribe, leave a five star review, you know, whatever all that stuff I'm supposed to say. Uh, but any feedback on the podcast, we definitely love to hear it, especially with having Big Earl on here. But <laughs> getting back to uh, back to the nickname EMFM, um, I remember that being like a nickname for you back in back in your playing days and probably before that. Where did that come from? Well, that started at the University of Arizona, and I was just um, 
I was I was a badass dude, man. I'm gonna just keep it real. <laughs> my, my I was on I was on special teams. I was blindsiding people. I was knocking people out the games, and like and that's kind of where uh, you know that fandom started. And and back then we had uh, message boards like uh, Go Easy Cats, uh, Rivals. Yep, yep. And uh, someone put a picture of me on there, and this and it just said EMFM equals W. That's how I started. So it was, and so the guy would talk, and I still don't know who it was to this day, <laughs> but it, but it was always hilarious, and all the fans loved him, and he would always just be like, "If you want to win the motherfucking game, give Earl motherfucking Mitchell the ball because EMFM equals W." It was cutting promos like just in the in the message boards, and always just, and it was just a character that somebody started, so everybody always associated that with me and then they would meet me and my demeanor didn't really match wow <laughs> yeah if uh yeah i mean you're a very i feel like soft-spoken guy mm -hmm. you know uh you, you didn't you weren't one that was talking a lot yeah um but i think there's another side on the field right <laughs> oh yeah yeah i think that um i had a lot of uh players that i looked up to in high school that i attributed to um there was this well, one guy that um his name was courtney lane and um, he was a kid that just he he brought the heat. And when we won that state championship game against um, the Woodlands, he had a huge hit against Danny Amendola. Hmm. And every time I would see Danny Amendola, he would always come up to me after the game, be like, "Hey, how's number seven doing? How's Courtney Lane doing?" Wow. And uh, and I was and back then I was kind of like, I want to be that at Arizona. I remember how people talked about him in high school. I was like, I want to be talked like that, talked about like that when I get to college. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Earl motherfucking Mitchell. Yes, sir. If, uh, if that guy or, or gal who, uh, <laughs> made those voiceovers way back in the day is watching this, feel free to make some voiceovers for this, uh, podcast episode, please. That'd be, that'd be good to see who that finally was. Cause it was a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I mentioned I'm, I'm wearing the bulls on parade shirt here. I can't even, I'm going to see if I can turn around Earl. Let me see. See if you can read some Let's of these see. names back here on this shirt. Can you wow. see it from here? Yeah, I see. Man. All right. Who we got? Oh man. We got Mr. Alexander, All Jason right. Allen, Connor Barwin. We got, uh, I think Tim Connor made these shirts actually. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. He did. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Tim Bullman. Classic. We got uh QD Quinn Demps, uh, Kareem Jackson, J Joe Shiloh. Wow. Daniel Shiloh man, man. Yeah, man, shout out to these guys, It's man. a 2011 right. defense, I believe. All right, then we got uh, – is Earl Mitchell right after Daniel Manning? Yeah, we, well, we got uh, Daniel Manning, Bryce McCain, Sherry McManus, um, Jesse Nading, Troy Nolan, Glover Quinn, Brooks Reed, Darrell Sharpton, Tony Smith, Darrell Smith, J.J. Watt, Mario Williams, Torrey Williams. Man, that's a hell of a defense back then. Yeah, man. Hell of a defense. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those guys, shit. Those are some of the best players the Texans have had. A lot of those guys went on to have a lot of success other places. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think about Jesse Nading we mentioned before the show. I'm pretty sure he's like a vice president of analytics or something like that with the Broncos now. Standard. So, yeah. That was his word. He would always, if you ask him about anything, standard. <laughs> How's that Chipotle? Standard. <laughs> yeah. Man. And uh, I see you with the wrestling hat here. Big wrestling fan. You were doing something with Booker T. Mm -hmm. A few weeks ago, you came into Trill Burgers. Yeah. Um, one of my good friends, Top Dollar, goes by Dollar now. Uh, he is, um, he invited me to, you know, shoot one of his Freestyle Fridays that he uh, he does so well. And um, yeah, they shot it at Trill Burgers with Booker T. And um, that was that was that was cool. It, I mean, we go back. Me and me and uh, AJ, we we were teammates with the Dolphins, and uh, 
we would always go to WrestleMania together and, you know, just to see him, you know, um, live out his dream and, you know, go and actually wrestle. Uh, that was cool. And, you know, see him do his thing in character at Trill Burgers with Burger T. He, he invited me because, you know, just, yeah, it was, he, he knew that that would be a, be a cool moment for me. So, yeah, appreciate yeah. him, man. Man, well, Earl Mitchell, Earl motherfucking Mitchell. I uh, appreciate you coming on, man. I just now that I started saying it, I can't stop saying yeah. it, you know. But it's a it's a it's Rolls a catchy nickname. It does. It, I think you pretty sure yeah. you gave me a hat. Yeah, and I, I, I should I need to give you one actually. Okay, I you were wearing a hat the other day. I don't think I got one. I was gonna say I should have I should have worn that. Yeah. Remiss not to wear that on this show, but <laughs> um, but really appreciate you coming on to join, man. I think it's um, I agree with what you're saying. It, it's it's a fun time right now to be watching the Texans and that has not been the case for a while, you know? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm looking forward to it as a fan. Um, um, I'm, I'm officially, uh, you know, I just, uh, a, a normal fan watching now. So it's cool. <laughs> a normal, slightly larger than most people fan, you know, <laughs> on the field. Yeah. On the uh, field. Dapping up that, the player. Yeah. On the field, dapping up JJ and everybody else. But no, if you see Earl at a game, give him a shout. Um, and, uh, just don't get on his bad side. That'll be my only recommendation. So appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> but Earl Mitchell, thank you again for joining us. Check us out on YouTube, uh, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Remember the Texans, and really honored to be joined by uh, one of my favorite Houston Texans, Earl Mitchell. Earl Motherfucking Mitchell. <laughs>